Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. I am joined by Anami Tonkin, and she's an awesome photography educator. She has a really great podcast. So go ahead, introduce yourself, say hi to everyone, and kind of like fill everyone in on who you are, what you do. Awesome, Cassidy. It's so great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, my name is Anami Tonkin. It's hard to pronounce, hard to spell, hard to remember, all those things, which is why I name everything in my business with other stuff so that people can find me. Um, right. Yeah, it is a it's a tricky name to, to manage. But um, yeah, I am a family and portrait photographer based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I've been in business since 2010, and I have been in the education space since 2017. I co-host a conference called The Family Narrative that we started back then. And I kind of really found my um, groove teaching with that and then um, launched this podcast back in 2020 on the eve of the pandemic. And that's been going wow. strong ever since. So, um, awesome. so yeah, I've been doing, doing this for a long time and, um, and really enjoy kind of doing what you do, which is helping the people who are a few steps behind kind of, um, get to where they can maybe avoid some of the trial and error parts of running a business. Yeah. And I love, I love that you've been doing it for so long. Um, especially like in the education space, because I think that does like it get, obviously that gives you a little bit more credibility, which is awesome because like, I don't know. I just feel like you, you have a lot to share from experience and you know, for, for me, I'm a little bit like newer in this space. So I love to like learn from someone that's just like, you know, they, they've had their toes in the water a little bit longer than me. So. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly that goes by. Like I remember so clearly being on the other end of it where I was like, I'm brand new. I am, I know nothing. Why would anyone pay me anything? Why would anyone listen to me? whether it was like a photography client or, you know, certainly another photographer anyway. And, you know, yeah. here we are and somehow like 12 years or 13 years have <laughs> by and it's like, what just happened? So, yeah. Right. It's like you blink and it's like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for 10 years. That's how I feel. I feel like I just started photography. And then I was like telling someone the other day, like, oh, I've been doing it since 2017. And then like, I was like, wait, that's, that's literally five years. Yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. It is. And it's funny. I mean, they say time flies when you're having fun. And I'm like, exactly. this is the beauty of having a career based on something that you absolutely love doing. Like, yeah, not that I want my life to go flying by, but it really does. It's like every single day I wake up and I'm like, sweet, what's on deck for the day? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's such a good way of looking at it. Like it's flying by, but it's a good thing because if yeah. it wasn't flying by, 
maybe we should look for a different career. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> like I don't need to put on my pantyhose and go to the office. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Okay. So I wanted to ask you before we get into some of the topics for today, um, how did your like beginning in photography start? So what did that like first part of photography look like for you and then transitioning to full-time kind of walk me through a little bit of your story. Yeah. So I did not, I'm like so many other people, I did not start out with any intention of becoming a photographer. I always thought photography was fun. Um, but like did not, did not take it seriously at all. Um, when my older son was born, um, I was living in New York city I did not have any, like I didn't have a nursery. I had a one bedroom apartment and so I didn't have any space for like stuff. So I was asking grandparents and anybody who wanted to get us gifts, like, uh, great. So you can either give us money toward a stroller and a camera, or you can give, um, us books. I was like, I'm all about kids books. And, uh, so got some money, purchased a DSLR. This was again, back in like, this was actually back in 2006. So a long time ago, my older son is 16. But, um, but yeah, so we, I got this camera and like accidentally took some good photos one time and was like, wait a minute, how did I do that? And so that began, began my like obsession with photography. And then a few years later, um, I was on maternity leave with my second son. I was in the middle of a master's program in nursing that was not lighting me up the way that I was thinking it was going to. And, um, and I just had this sort of existential, like, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to be when I grow up? And this like tiny seed of maybe you could make photography a career started to really take root. And I never went back to my master's program. I started, I was working full-time as a nurse at the, at that time. So I was able to like nursing is a really nice profession in that, like you have some time in the margins. And so I like built my photography business over the course of a couple of years and then was able to quit my job and the rest is history. Yeah, that's awesome. I talk with a lot of people that I mentor who are doing like full-time other careers, um, specifically like nursing has come up a lot with the people that I mentor, but you know, there's a lot of fields like that where it's like, you have to be like really all in, like it's an all consuming, very tiring field. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like you have this little side passion, which is photography. And I think it's cool that you were just like, you know what, I'm going to follow my passion. Like, although like I'm certified to have a degree, like this is definitely like the almost like safer option, you know, it feels like safe. You have health insurance and a guaranteed income, but it's like, I'm going to take a risk on something that I'm passionate about because that, that is almost like quality of life at that point. Like that is more valuable to me than than the other side of things. And I'm not surprised that you've come across a lot of nurses. I feel like the, um, the, you know, when you're in it and you're in the midst of making that transition, you're like, wow, could this be any more different? Am I just a total like flake who's, you know, flaking on this real quote unquote real career and like going yeah. through this other thing. But the fact of the matter is most people who get into nursing are naturally empathetic. They're naturally interested in people. They care about people. And I feel like those are very similar kinds of qualities among artists, people who are interested in, you know, documenting people uh, specifically with photography. And so 
you end up with a subset of nurses who also have this like artistic side to them. And then it's a pretty, you know, again, like in retrospect, I can look back and be like, yeah, that makes sense. And I too, like I have come across tons of former nurses turned photographers. And I think it's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So something else I wanted to ask you before um, the meat of the episode, um, I, I wanted to ask, like, are there any specific tools or programs or like systems that you use that make your life easier? You know, just like little, little things that you're like, a lot of people don't know about this or like this, this is what I'm using every day. Yeah, absolutely. Like if my business house were on fire and I had to run in and rescue two things. Yes. <laughs> no question whatsoever. They would be uh, my gallery software, which is PickTime, which I absolutely love. Um, I've worked with them for a long time and I just feel like it's a really incredible tool. Mm-hmm. Has done wonders for sales averages and all that sort of thing. They have a lot of um, sort of marketing tools built into their software. So that's really cool. Um, so that's number one. And then Number two is my CRM. Actually, I say these like number one, number two. And I feel like the fact of the matter is they're both really, really important to my to my business. Um, so I use Dubsado. I feel like any CRM is better than no CRM. But um, mm-hmm. CRM being like client relationship management software, uh, just yes. in case anybody out there doesn't know. But um, yeah, that was I switched to using a CRM back in uh, like 20 um, 16 ish. And it completely rocked my business world. Like it made everything so much easier. Awesome. Yeah. The same happened for me too. When I started using a CRM, like quite literally, I was like, wait, it it's always been this easy. And I didn't know that. And it's something that like people, people feel like they do like, Oh, when I go full time, I'm going to invest in a CRM. It's like getting a CRM is going to help you go Mm -hmm. full time, you know, like it's going to free up more time for you to do other things and, you know, like improve your client experience, which helps you get more bookings. So I feel like the CRM is definitely like one of those things that like, it will help you really at all points, like basically get it ASAP because it's, it's so important. Absolutely. I also feel like if you are new to business, getting and going through the process of setting up a CRM will help you think through the things that you don't even know you need to think through. You know what I mean? Like it really, the process of setting one up helps you kind of walk through actually what we're going to be talking about today, which is the systems in your business. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that just happened to be a really good transition conversation. Yes. Oh yes. Definitely <laughs> not planned. Right. Not wink, planned. Wink, wink. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah. So let's talk about your systems. Let's dive into it because this is something that you said, like you feel very specialized in, and I'm really glad that you do because I feel like this is an area that a lot of people lack in or don't find importance in. So just kind of walk me through your approach to systems within your business and kind of like why they're important, mistakes people are making, all of the things. Totally. So the thing about systems is, and this like from my own experience and exactly what I was just talking about, where I went from not having a CRM to having a CRM, it was this crazy light bulb experience in my business. And that you know, again, that was when I was actually further down the road than you are now in my business. So Mm -hmm. that just goes to show you how long I was like white knuckling it, trying to just like figure it out as I went. And I will say like, 
for instance, the evolution of podcasts from then to now, there was just not the amount of information available. I also feel like the culture has shifted a lot to where now people are, or many people, not everybody, but a lot of people are much more willing to share like what's working for them and how, you know, how they've found success and like the mistakes they've made. Whereas before it was all this like cloak and dagger, you know, this is my territory. Don't, um, don't try and copy me anyway. So, yeah. uh, so when I discovered the power of that CRM and what it was ultimately doing was helping me systematize my business. It, I almost got addicted. And then I was like, how can I systematize everything in my business? How can I make a system out of everything? And I like to start when I start talking about systems, because this is something that like now I've become kind of known for is like, this is, you know, Anami knows about systems. Um, I like to just like pause and talk a little bit about how I define systems in general, because I think a lot of people think like a system, maybe it's a piece of software. Um, it sounds complicated, like you have to be an advanced business owner or something to have mm -hmm. systems. But the way that I think about systems, they are just a series of steps, which when you take those steps over and over again, in order, they produce a predictable outcome. So by systematizing a process, like whether that process is making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or, you know, running your the, the sales process in your business, um, that you will begin to be able to know what to expect each and every time. Um, and they're important, not only because it gives you the ability to kind of know what you're doing a little bit better. It also makes the, what you're doing more consistent. And of course, consistency is really important in every aspect of business, right? You want to be able to provide consistent, consistent service. You want to be relatively consistent with the art that you produce. You want to, um, consistently, uh, market your business. You know, everybody talks about how important consistency is with marketing. So all of those things are really important. Um, systems also help you come across to your prospective clients and your clients as like a more trustworthy professional, because it kind of gives you that uh, appearance of knowing what you're doing. <laughs> Even if yes. you feel like you're in the you know beginning stages and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. If you have kind of a checklist to follow, like first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. It gives you that, um, that framework to lean on. Yeah. It also just kind of clears up your mental energy. This was the thing for me that really was like, wow, when I uh, started using more systems in my business, it was like I was able to focus more on my art because whereas prior to that, I was constantly in this state of like, what am I missing? What am I forgetting? Have I, you know, did I do this as well as I could have? Once you've got it all written out, all mapped out, you know what to do and if you're using software that supports that, then you also have like an electronic brain being like, here's your to-do list for the day. That just frees up your brain to not have to like do all the work of remembering and all that. So yeah. you get time back. It helps you not feel like you're constantly working on the business side of your business, which I feel like is a good prevention of burnout, like all of these things. So <laughs> hopefully I'm selling it well, but I just felt like there were so many benefits to starting to systematize my business that even though it does require some like time and effort and, you know, mental energy in the beginning, setting that up ends up like paying dividends for years to come. 
No, it definitely does. I feel like, especially during busy season right now, um, like being able to mentally not have to worry about some things. And it's not like you don't do it. It's not like, you know, something else is doing everything for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, you don't have to worry about it. I know for me, it's like, there's just a worry of like, did I send this email or like, did this person fill out their questionnaire? Like I get worried about that stuff because it's like, I need to know those things and do those things in order to function and make sure that I can do my job successfully. So it's like, if I don't have to worry about that, like you said, it, it allows me to focus on my photos more. And that's something that I've learned actually this like season that I'm in. I have a lot of systems in place and even I've started outsourcing a lot of things mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, I have hardly anything to do other than focus on the things that I have left on my plate that I love, um, which is just a really cool thing that systems can do for you. Cause like once it's set up, like it kind of works for itself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, yeah, I often call my CRM, my like lowest paid employee. (laughs) Um, They can seem expensive on the outset, but then when you see all the different things that they do for you, it's like uh, basically, you know, way lower than minimum wage. Yes. Um, And you're not abusing anyone. It's a piece of software. So it's good. Yes. (laughs) um, Yeah, no, I absolutely think that as artists as creatives, like that white space in your mental calendar is so vital because again, you can kind of power your way through. I mean, I think a lot of people, and I'll just go ahead and say, especially a lot of women are really good at multitasking and like getting all the things done and managing all of the things. But once your business gets beyond just like a little baby, baby business, once, you know, you're taking on more than one client per month or whatever, all of those little steps in the process, if you're not, if you don't have them mapped out in it at minimum, like just a really solid checklist that you're always sticking to, it gets overwhelming. You're absolutely right. Like it is something that we all worry about because if you're not checking off those things, you are somewhere, you know, somewhere along the line, you're failing, you're failing yourself, you're failing your clients. Um, and that's a stress that nobody needs to take on. I think that if, you know, a lot of us start our businesses without necessarily a a strong business background, like me, I was a nurse, didn't know anything about running a business. Um, And so you don't know what you don't know. And it's so good and so important to kind of educate yourself about the business side, just the simple stuff, but like setting up these kinds of systems will make it so that your business is sustainable in the long term. I'm like a firm, firm believer. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. So let's get into some of the systems that you use and some of the different like areas of systeming, systeming, is that even a word? Systematizing. <laughs> it a word. Yeah, I like systeming. That kind of yeah. just makes more sense, you know, because there's different areas that need systems. So kind of just walk me through that and like the setup of all of it. Yeah. So I want to kind of take this like macro view, right? We're in the, okay. we're in the 30,000 foot airplane and we're looking down Every business, I don't care if you're a wedding photographer or like, I don't know, a hairdresser or any other (laughs) business in the world, like Mm -hmm. your business has three basic systems, right? You have your marketing system, like how you find and connect with potential clients. You've got your sales system. So how you take those 
potential clients and convert them into actual paying clients. And then you have your fulfillment system. So all of the things that you do to deliver whatever it is that they're paying you for. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the marketing front, I think people think about like tactics a lot. But when I say marketing system, I'm talking more about your marketing strategy. So let's say that there's like 15 different tactics, approaches to take to get the word out there about your photography business. So it could be like social media, it could be email marketing, it could be at, you know, Facebook ads or something like that. It could be any number of things like you name it. There's a million strategies out there for marketing. Yeah. But what we need to do relatively quickly when we're thinking about our marketing system, like we are mostly independent business owners, right? We're not working with like a giant team of people. Certainly most of us don't have marketing departments. So we have to pretty quickly narrow down, like who's my audience? Where are they? What's the best place for me to interact with them? How am I going to interact with them? And as soon as you start to see like what's working, you kind of want to narrow it down and be like, these are the three places that I'm going to focus my energy. And I say three, but I could be, could start with one. It could be five. It just kind of depends on like how complicated those things are. But once you find those three or five or one or whatever, then what you want to do is create a system around that. Like if you're, I mean, excuse me, uh, social media is the easy one to talk about because I feel like everybody, there are a lot of social media systems floating around out there that people talk about where it's like, I have my content pillars and I schedule, you know, X number of posts per week. And I'm going to do this, this day and this, this day. And if you've ever gone through one of those kinds of exercises where you're creating a bit of a schedule for yourself and it's repeatable, then you actually know what a system, like you've created a system in your, in your social media marketing. So you would, you would do that for each of your, um, you know, kinds of marketing. And those would be your marketing systems, but we'll just call that like the big marketing system. And then you're, you've got this sales system that you need to create, which is again, the way that you're taking a potential client and walking them down the path into hiring you, right? So how do you take an inquiry and like turn them into a client? What's your offer? What's the price that you put on that offer or those offers? How do you respond when an inquiry comes in? So like, do you send an email with a PDF guide? Do you link them to like sign up for a phone call with you? Like what's your process? Then what's the booking process? Like how do they actually get on your calendar? And when you have a situation where somebody reaches out, but then they kind of like disappear on you, if they're ghosting you, like how do you follow up? How do you show up until they give you that yes or no answer? So that's kind of your sales system. Okay. And then you've got the fulfillment, which is like, you know, once somebody hires you, what happens? And this is the one that I feel like is probably um, talked about the least because I think a lot of people are just like, well, I go take pictures and then somebody, you know, I send them their gallery or whatever your system is. These systems can be kind of simple, but, um, but the, there are a lot of things to think about, right? Like, How do you welcome them and get them ready to work with you? How do you show up for the session? How do you deliver what you've promised them? Um, You basically want to think about all the different ways that you're managing that experience from the time that they book with you all the way through the end. So Mm -hmm. those are your three 
major systems. And if you have those dialed in, you have, (laughs) you have a working business. Like that is, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the goal is to get the three of those ready to go. Does that all make sense? Yes. Yep. Okay. I'm tracking. (laughs) So (laughs) I know this is, I feel like I'm like in full lecture mode. Sorry. My kids tell me all the time, like, Oh God, (laughs) mom, here you are again. Um, (laughs) but the thing, so I think that's a relatively, even if you've never like gone through and thought about that, I think that we all kind of can agree like, yep, that's, that's how you set up a business. Mm -hmm. However, I think there are a couple of things that I see a lot of photographers at all stages of their business, um, kind of not really thinking about, um, in the way that I would say it's like the better way to think about it. So, or mistakes that they're making or whatever you want to call it. So, I always like to use the example of like, imagine that there is a new restaurant in town. This is one of those examples that I actually think most of us have probably encountered at some point where there's this new restaurant. It's like all the hype is happening about the restaurant. You're all excited to go. And when you finally get there, they're slammed because it's new and they're, you know, everybody wants to go. So they're really busy and the service is terrible. And when they finally come to you, they're like, oh yeah, we're out of half the menu. Sorry. And, you know, you end up leaving and you're like, well, that was terrible and I'm never going to go back. And I'm also going to tell all the people who bring up like, oh, yeah, have you heard of that new restaurant? I'm going to be like, yeah, it was terrible. So in that situation, you have got a business and it happens all the time where they have put a lot of focus on marketing and their marketing system. So in that case, it's probably like PR marketing. But, um, but they have not yet dialed in their sales and fulfillment parts of their systems, right? Like their service hasn't been trained properly. Maybe their ordering system for the, you know, getting the food ready in the back isn't good, whatever. And if you translate that to a photography business, most photographers, um, I feel like marketing is kind of the fun, sexy side of the systems process to talk about yeah. and think about because they're the fun activities where you're like, I mean, not that everybody's like, I love marketing, but you know, we're all on Instagram all the time. We're all doing things to try and get people into our funnel. But nine times out of 10, when a photographer is having a hard time finding new clients, what's really going on is that the processes that they are using to first sell and then deliver their services are somehow not stacking up, right? So maybe they're getting a client every once in a while, but they're not giving enough kind of wow factor for that person to, I mean, maybe they're not having a terrible experience. I'm not saying that, but like maybe they're not maximizing that experience. And I feel like when you strengthen, when you focus first on, you actually like flip the the order in reverse, when you first focus on your fulfillment system And then you start thinking about like, how can I communicate this better in the sales process? Your marketing kind of lines itself up, right? Your brand becomes more focused, your messaging gets stronger. And I think just from an internal perspective, like the confidence that you have in what you're selling really starts to improve. Um, So that's like it it takes care of so many things, but it really does require people to think about it in the reverse order. Because when we think about it chronologically, like first somebody has to find us, then they book us and then they, um, and then they go through the fulfillment process. Um, 
But so I feel like that flip and that switch for so many people is like this major aha moment. And it doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't have to be like some big process to, to dial those things in. It could literally be a couple of weeks of just focused attention. Like, how can I make this better? How can I make this better? And then all of a sudden things start to feel like they're falling into place. Yeah. It's so important. Literally what you just said, focusing on the back end. Um, like it's almost like you have to expect that tomorrow you're going to get a thousand inquiries and it's like, okay, how am I going to handle these inquiries so that like, you know, it, it all works. We're like, they're all getting a good experience. And like, like you can't just focus on having good photos, right? Like you have to give them more than that. Cause good photos isn't enough. But if you just focus on marketing, it's like you get people in the door, but then what? Like you get people in the door and then the whole thing sucks and then they're left unhappy. Like that's almost hurting you more if you just focus on the marketing side. So I like what I like how you said that because it's like you do have to start backwards in order to make it work. Like yeah. And the the thing is, um I think that a lot, I mean, so many people out there, so many photographers out there make amazing art. No question. Like I open my Instagram feed these days and I am like, I've been in business for 12 years and these people are all kicking my butt. But, (laughs) but the, um, that is just a small piece of what we are delivering to people when they hire us, right? Like we need to do all of the education. We're sort of like taking them by the hand and guiding them through the process. And then the sales piece is like taking them by the hand and showing them what the process is. And once you've got all those processes like mapped out in your mind and on, on your like sales um, materials, like if you send somebody a PDF, like giving them that map really helps bolster their confidence. It, you know, even if you're only getting a couple of inquiries a week, your inquiry or your booking rate can go way, way up once you are clearly showing someone like, no, no, it's not just pretty pictures you're getting with me. You're getting the whole package. You're getting somebody who really knows how to like take you through this experience. So you don't have to worry about it. Cause that's what people want, right? Like they want beautiful photos that they don't have to like micromanage themselves. Cool. So I, I like what you said about clients, not need like wanting to micromanage to get pretty pictures. Um, that's something that like, I feel like really resonates with me. Um, just because I think about the fact that like you can deliver pretty pictures, but if your client has to basically do the work to get there, if like they, they feel like they did it all, you know, and that that's a bad place for your client to be in when they feel like they're the one that was following up with you versus you following up with them. Like, you know, no one wants to feel like a mom when they're planning their photo shoot or planning their wedding. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that point that you made, but that kind of makes me think about automation because I feel like automation can really, really help you in the area of like following up and not needing to be micromanaged because you are almost like micromanaging them. Not really, but like, you know, you're, you're getting ahead of the questions that they have. So what are some tips or like things that you would suggest for someone that wants to automate their business, but doesn't know how, or doesn't know where to start? Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So I think that, um, when I think about how to provide good service to people, 
I'm going to take it back to the restaurant thing. Um, because think about like you're sitting at a table and your water or your cocktail or whatever, like drains to empty and you're Mm -hmm. still really thirsty and you want to order that drink. And like, where is somebody? Or like, I just really need more water. My spicy Indian curry is like killing me here. (laughs) And you're just waiting for somebody to show up. And then you have to like signal across the room and be like, Hey, I need more water versus that, you know, waiter who's got an eye on your table and they're anticipating like her glass is down to half full. I'm going to come over and refill it now. We need to be the waiter who's paying attention (laughs) when we are taking care of our clients. So now, obviously, it's not as visible necessarily as like a half drunk glass of water, but we can and we actually should sit down and imagine the perfect client experience for your client. So you're a wedding photographer, you're going to think through from like the very first minute that someone hires a photographer, like, what's the thing that they're most afraid of when they've just booked you? And how can you like combat that? You know, do you send them some sort of welcome gift because you want them to know that like, this is just as special to you as it is to them? Or do you make them some sort of like personalized video that welcomes them and like talks them through what the next steps are? I always say like education is nine tenths of the battle. If someone knows what to expect next, and then you actually show up and deliver on that, or maybe like slightly exceed their expectations, you've got, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what good service is. Right. And so, um, so you want to like, just sit down with a notebook and a clear head and think through what would be the perfect experience for my clients from that very first minute, all the way to the time that like they have got their, you know, gotten their photos and they're sitting down to write that review on Google. Like you want to sort of anticipate every single step. And then you turn that into your workflow, basically. Like at this point, they get this email from me. And at this point, I'm going to put this handwritten card in the mail or whatever the case may be. And when you map that out, you know, you put timestamps on it, whatever. And then you get into what you're talking about, which is like the automation part of it. Like, how can you make this easier to to rinse and repeat for you? I'm a huge proponent of like the easiest, most baby step into the systems and automation world is email templates. Like you should have email templates for any email that you write more than once. Um, And obviously it does not mean that these need to go out automatically and sound like a robot or whatever. These are your voice. They're exactly the kind of email that you would normally write. And you may go in and actually like tweak it a little bit. Um, Most of my templates have like a bracketed part in them where it's like, talk about the weather here or (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) chat with them about what's going on here. And, um, and so when I sit down to send that email, instead of it taking me 20 minutes to think about like, Oh, what do I need to tell them? What do I want to chat with them about? All I need to do is go in and customize those couple of sentences. And then they're getting an email that I wrote when I had the time and the headspace to think about like every single detail. So I photograph families and like, I have a reminder email template for every version of like, maybe it's a family, full family with like, um, toddler age kids, or maybe it's a family with just a newborn, or maybe it's a newborn and some toddlers. Like I have a slightly different version of all of those in terms of like, don't forget when I come over, you want to have this, this, and this available and make sure you've done this. All that stuff is all pre-written. And then I'm just like, 
hey, sorry, the forecast looks so rainy. Don't worry about it. I've got, you know, my gear is good for that. No problem. Can't wait to see you. Um, so, you know, I'll do something that makes it feel like I've just sat down to write that for them. But yeah, email templates are like step number one when it comes to automating things and taking them off your off your plate. Yeah. And I really like how you have those very specific templates tweaked for like the type of almost like the type of session, because I'm sure a lot of people listening are kind of at this point where they're shooting a lot of everything. And I know a lot of people struggle with niching down and don't know when or don't feel like, you know, they're going to get enough bookings when they do niche down. Mm -hmm. So I like that idea of like making a template for a senior session or a wedding or an elopement or a couple session because they're all so different and they all need to be prepped in different ways. And yeah, it's going to take you longer on the back end to like set up an automation just for a family session with, you know, 12 adults or something like it's going to take you longer to figure out like exactly what you need to say to each people. But it's really like sit down, make the perfect template of like the automation for just a simple session and then go in and customize it for what you feel like each engagement session would need to know, you know, based on your experience on like the emails you're constantly sending people. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really like what you said about educating your clients, because I think a lot of the times when people think of like being an educator, they think about photographers educating other photographers, but you are always an educator. If you are a professional in your field, you know, if you're portraying yourself as a professional, you're always going to be an educator because you are telling people like, you need this much time. Like we're going to shoot at this time because it's better for lighting. Like there are things, you know, that other people don't know. So educate through email templates, automate that and boom, you've got yourself a system that runs perfectly and there's going to be no flaws whatsoever. I'm lying, but you know, like (laughs) for the most part, it's going to, it's going to help you so much. Yeah. And if that seems like this insurmountable task, like I am not going to sit down and write 80 email templates this weekend. It's just not going to happen. Great. I would not advocate for you doing that because chances are by the time you hit like number 30, you're going to be writing garbage. Like it's not going to be good. (laughs) What I instead say, and this is one of those beautiful things, like if you do dedicate the time to create that map, right? That like, this is the perfect client workflow for, for my clients. Then as you go through that with your next client or two, when you're writing those emails, because you obviously are going to have to sit down and write them anyway, or when you're creating that like welcome video for somebody or whatever, just give yourself an extra five minutes. And instead of just writing that email for that one person, write it in a more like, this is what I have to tell everyone in this position and create your template kind of as you go and then Mm -hmm. customize the template for that client. And then the next time you sit down, give yourself that extra five minutes and Yeah. And the thing is like templates can always be tweaked, right? Like you don't, they're not, it's not carved in stone. Once you've got it, I tweak my templates regularly, but, um, because you know, you'll have a client who you forgot to, your template didn't include anything about like footwear. I don't know, I'm making this up, (laughs) but, um, but then you had some like massive footwear disaster. So like in the next one, you're like, be sure to bring a pair of shoes where you can walk around in. So you're not in your stilettos the whole time or whatever. Um, the, those kinds of things will come up and you can always go back and tweak the template, but having that there just gives you, it's like, it saves you so much time. And those like 
that extra five minutes the first time that you put a template together will save you 20 minutes every single time you send that email in the future. Yeah. I, and templates are like, my templates at least are constantly like evolving. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, the template that I initially wrote for like, let's say my 2023 wedding inquiries, I like am constantly adding to it, like changing the template itself. So as I find, like I get more questions about travel, like mm-hmm. I just, you know, go in literally on my phone, I go into the HoneyBook app, go to my template, pop it in there. And then it's going to be in every single email that I send from then on, you know? And so it really is like, it's not like it has to be perfect the first time you make an email template. Cause it like, like you said, it, it changes and you just kind of like need to get something down Mm -hmm. just to make your life just a little bit easier. And then it'll get easier and easier as you start adding to it and kind of building up that email. Yeah. But if we go back to the CRM conversation a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. the thing that I like about CRMs is that they really do support all of these systems because you, you build that, that like map that we just talked about into a workflow or whatever, you know, each CRM has like a different name for it. But basically then it tells you like, Hey, it's time to send, you know, John and Jackie, their, um, (laughs) their like (laughs) one month reminder email here's the email template. Do you want to, you know, like, do you want to edit it? And then you approve it and it off it goes. And so that process that used to take you like, oh, right. It's a month before their wedding. I need to sit down and write that email. And then you write the email and it's imperfect because you're like trying to think of everything every single time. Like Mm -hmm. why reinvent the wheel? (laughs) Right. And, um, And then, you know, so you sit down instead and you send, it takes you three minutes to like check a box and then you know it's done and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's yes. like that, that there is, it's as simple and as complicated as that. Like it makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So for your business specifically, what are those workflows that you have in place? Like for, I know you said families and did you say you shoot something else too? I was talking about newborn. I do like all the different family related stuff. So like families, sometimes maternity, newborn, and like every once in a while I get senior portraits too, but I'm, I no longer shoot weddings. I used to, but that's, that's been off the menu for a while. Um, (laughs) uh, so yeah, I, I've had different systems over time. Um, Mm -hmm. certainly marketing systems are ever evolving, right? Like the, the way that you come across people and, um, connect with them changes. I, um, back in 2017, I got divorced, which was like, obviously a major life event. And this is the other thing that I always like to say, like our businesses, we are business owners. (laughs) We get to run our businesses the way that we want them to. And we also have to run businesses that serve our needs. And so like, Mm -hmm sometimes your needs change and therefore like your systems are going to have to change. Um, but when that happened in my life, that was like a major shift that required my systems to really like, I had to shake them up. So I used to do in-person sales, like the whole sales session and, um, like, you know, people would come into my studio and I would show them all the stuff. And when I got divorced, I, it was like, I need to make more money. Like I was making good money per session, but that in-person sales takes up a ton of time. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't take on many more sessions or I couldn't take on enough additional sessions to make up for the income gap that I had created for myself. So I, um, 
So I was trying to figure out like, how can I do this? And the alternative generally in the portrait world is like all inclusive. You just like charge a price and then you deliver digital files. But the, the issue for me was like, I was, I had, like I said, a really good sales average and I really liked getting people's like products on their walls. Like I liked having albums and framed prints and all that stuff um, for my clients. I felt like it really added to the level of service that I was providing. And I didn't want to just like flush seven years of that down the toilet. So I ended up kind of thinking through this, that system, like my system for both selling my work and then fulfilling. And I took all of these lessons that I had learned in seven years of in-person sales about like what makes people buy and what, why did somebody book me versus somebody else? A lot of which when it comes to in-person sales relies on a lot of like high touch conversation. And I was like, there's all this technology out there now. How can I systematize this? How can I make it more automated? Not, not fully automated. Like I want the things that are still important for me to be connecting with my clients about to remain, but like a lot of this stuff, I don't have to do it every single time I can systematize it. And so I created this thing that I have since called the simple sales system because now I teach it, but it, um, it basically is this comprehensive system that goes from the time that somebody inquires with me all the way to when like their images are delivered. And it's just, it's each of those steps, but almost everything has been turned into either like an automation or I nowadays, instead of just writing a lot of emails, I do a lot of video creation for people. Um, and you can template that too, right? Like you can create a video once that then is linked in an email and the video isn't personal. It's like, Hey, just wanted to jump on here and show you how to use your gallery software. Like your images are going to arrive in a couple of days. And then I customize the email. So it still feels personal and they get to see my face. So it has like that high touch kind of um, value impact, but I don't have to do it each and every time. So I've been able to like hugely compress the amount of time that I spend with each client, but still, you know, command the same kinds of rates. So that, that I think the only way that I was able to devise that system for my business was really learning about systems. So it was like this funny um, (laughs) sequence of events where it was like the CRM light bulb moment and then like getting to know that more and then having this major life shift happen where I was like, I got to reinvent the whole process here gave me the ability to create a new system that has served my business really, really well. Wow. I, that's so cool. Um, I actually just recorded an episode. It should probably be on a, like live when this comes out, um, with a girl named Eden who went through a, something similar that you went through. And she also had like a big shift in realizing that like your business doesn't have to stay the same as your life changes. You know, like if you, if you keep your business the exact same, for years and years and years, like there are going to be things that are going to shift. Like, like, for example, like even just like my editing preferences are changing or like the way that I prefer to communicate with people is changing. So your systems are so fluid and like you can change things literally like today you could go and make a change to things and your clients wouldn't know any different, you know, like because you're presenting to them what maybe you came up with today, but they don't 
know that, you know? So it's important to remember, like, you can change things as you need to. Nothing, literally nothing is set in stone. like your prices are not set in stone. Your editing is not set in stone. Like nothing, nothing has to be set in stone because you literally are the boss, you know, like you, you go and do it. Um, I, I do want to ask about in-person sales because I've never actually, I don't think I've had anyone on my podcast who maybe has done in-person sales or at least has talked about it. So if you just want to like maybe explain a little bit of what that process looked like, I know you don't do it anymore, but just like for anyone that would be interested and maybe trying it. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefit to in-person sales. When I started out, the reason that I got into in-person sales was that in 2010, that was like, if you want to make money as a photographer, this is basically the only way to do it. That's what people were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only alternative to that really was sort of like the shoot and burn. Um, because at the time we were burning DVDs for people, which is like, seems like a million years ago now. (laughs) But the, um, so anyway, I learned how to do it and there, it made me kind of uncomfortable because it did, you know, there was like the piece of it that felt like, am I like a vacuum cleaner salesperson now? Like what's (laughs) going on? But, um, but the basic concept is that you are, uh, you're giving people, so they pay you for the session. So there's a relatively small session fee and then you prepare all of their images and then you get together and you present their photos to them in person for the first time during what is, um, very specifically like they understand that this is their sales session. So they come in, they're like ready to place an order. And over the course of like an hour or 90 minutes, you go through their photos, you help them narrow them down, and then you help them place an order for digital and print products. And okay. the, um, the, you know, the benefits to that are several. You have like the benefit of impact, right? They've just seen their photos for the first time. So it's, I mean, like I used to keep a box of tissues handy because people would get all emotional. <laughs> it's lovely. It's very gratifying to see that. Um, and then I had, learned, I mean, I didn't make it up. Like somebody taught me the whole process where, you know, you help them narrow them down. And then you say, here are the products that are available. You know, this photo that you like, do you want that hanging on the wall? Do you want that as part of a gallery wall? You know, how do you want to order that? And then you get the whole thing mapped out. You take their credit card, you run it. And, and that's that. And a couple of weeks later you deliver it. But when you think about, so there was also, it's sort of billed as this luxury service, you know, you're, you're creating a whole extra experience. And that is true. You can really do really well with that. What I found over time was that not only at the time that I got divorced, did that become just like impractical for me to continue? Mm -hmm. But I was, you know, I mostly serve families that like both parents work, sometimes they most of the time they have really young kids. And I was getting all this constant, like, well, yeah, our session, uh, we're going to need to reschedule because I had a work meeting come up or whatever. And so there was all this like chasing them down and then they would get there. And the whole thing was like, you have to get them to order by the end of the session. And I didn't really, you know, of course, like they know I'm the business owner and I could be like, oh, never mind, just take a couple more weeks. But like the impact factor really does wear off. So I would be like, well, are you ready to make an order? And they'd be like, can we just have a couple of extra days? And I had a really hard time with those boundaries. Like there's that, this is a whole different big conversation. There's a lot Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, still there are lots of people doing in-person sales and the benefits are great. Like you can make a lot of money doing it. Um, but I think that what I've found personally is that you, 
it's good to your point to be flexible and to always use your brain and think about like, okay, why does this work? And Mm -hmm. how can I build a system that meets my needs, like addresses the preferences of my own, my own preferences, but also like my clients preferences, but also gets the results that I want. And I think when you're a creative, like you can be creative about your business, just like you can be creative about your art. And when you are, then you end up creating a business that like really works. Um, So I'm a big, big advocate for thinking outside the lines. Okay, cool. Thank you for explaining that. Um, As someone that like literally has quite, quite literally no idea. The only way that I would have even the slightest clue as to like the process is there was this girl that I followed for a while that did that. Mm -hmm. And I always was like, wow, like I love seeing she would like print off like their photo book and like wrap it all cute and get like all cute with the branding and like show videos of people crying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, am I doing something wrong? But like for me, it just wasn't really possible because like even when I was first starting, like I was in college, like I was shooting weddings that were like three hours from me. Like there was no way I was going to be able to do anything like that. Um, So like you said, works for some people, doesn't work for other people. You just get creative with it. I literally love that. Like let's, let's be creative. Um, so two last questions for you, um, not really related to what we talked about, but things that I think are still helpful to know. One, what is one thing that you wish you knew when you were getting into photography that you could like tell your past self? baby brand new photographer self. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to skip over, like, go get yourself a CRM since we've already covered that territory. Yeah. Um, that, uh, I know the answer to this is that, um, your little brand new photographer on me self is looking around at all these people who have been in business for a long time and whose work seems way better than yours, or like, they seem like they know what they're doing. And I would just assure her that I look back at some of the photos that I took when I was a brand new photographer. And I'm almost jealous because I think that over the course of time in your business, you will get better. You'll get better at systems. You'll get better explaining things. You'll become more of an expert. You'll feel more confident. You know, you'll be able to like show up and like churn out the work every single time in a more consistent fashion. However, you will never have the level of excitement and like willingness to try new stuff and like step outside your comfort zone that you do when you've got that like hot blooded brand new relationship with photography. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and so even if it's not perfect and even if you're like dialing in your, you know, you don't know what you're doing with editing or whatever, like embrace who you are at this stage of the process, because it is foundational to who you will always be in this business. Mm -hmm. So like give yourself a hug and, and like know that the, the stuff that you want right now will come. Yes. It's, so funny you say that because when I was literally like my first six months into photography, I had someone that was like an experienced videographer ask me how long I've been doing photography. And I was like, oh, you know, six months, whatever. And he was like, oh, that's so exciting. You're still green. And I was like, what do you green? Like, what do you mean? And he was like, you know, you're fresh, like you're still excited about it. And that's like a really fun place to be in, like enjoy it. And I actually was like, 
bro, are you serious right now? Like what? I didn't know this was a thing, but it, I, that actually is like a really cool point. Like it just is. enjoy the time that you're in. I feel like we're always so forward thinking. We're always so excited for like the next thing of like, oh, I can't wait until I book yeah. out my calendar. I can't wait until I book a destination wedding. But it's like, if you're so focused on like that next thing, you're never going to enjoy where you are right now. And I think like, that's a really just good good point that you made. I'm just giving you an applause. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It's true. And I, I mean, I said something about it's like new love versus like the old married couple. Like right. they're both really wonderful in their own way, but they're mm-hmm. different. And like, definitely you shouldn't, it, when you're, you know, like on your second date with somebody, sure. You can kind of think about like what's coming down the road, but also go enjoy it. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Last question for you. (laughs) What is your most like embarrassing session (laughs) or wedding story that pops in your head? Um, and this is like purely for entertainment purposes. Yeah. If you have one. I do. I've got a bunch probably. I mean, when you're in it as long as I have been, you make plenty of like embarrassing missteps, but the one that like far and away was the almost probably could have ended my career was, um, I was actually second shooting for somebody when I was doing weddings, um, second shooting for a friend of mine. And I showed up and it was like, you know, bridal suite and everybody was getting ready. And it was a really small space. There wasn't much space for both of us to be in there. So I was like, I'll just take your stuff and go like make photos of rings and that sort of thing. Like there was just, I was, I needed something to fill my time. Normally I'm not like a, let's go make detail photos in the other room. But Mm -hmm. so they had the rings out. So I took the rings and a couple of other things like flowers or something. And I went into this room that was kind of adjacent to the bridal suite. And I was like trying to find a place to set up and make creative ring photos. And so I set the rings up on this like little windowsill and the lights coming in. It was all pretty. And I had my macro lens out and I'm like balanced and whatever. And I'm like, you know how you, you try and like adjust the things. Cause you're all of a sudden a product photographer in addition right. to a people photographer. And so I'm like <laughs> messing with the ring and I, I don't know, I bumped it or something. And the, her engagement ring fell off of this windowsill and like bounced, bounced, and went down a, an air conditioning vent. And I was like, (laughs) and I, I was the only person in the room. And I, I mean, I can't even tell you, like even talking about it right now, I'm like having an (laughs) adrenaline reaction. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It wasn't even my client. Like I didn't even really know these people. So I pull the grate off of the air conditioning vent And I like put my arm down, which, you know, gross. Right. And, um, I've got my arm down to my shoulder and I'm like slowly tapping to try and see if I can like touch it without bumping it. Right. You don't want to like bump it any further and I could feel it. And I was like, (gasps) so I'm like sitting there and my whole, um, again, I'm like shaking right now thinking about it, but like my whole body was shaking and it was like playing the world's scariest game of operation. And I, like finally hooked it on my finger and like slowly pulled my arm out of the vent and was replacing the vent cover when the mother of the bride walked <gasps> into the room and was like, are you okay? Cause I was sitting on the floor and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and they never knew, but I had no. to like immediately go. I returned the rings and like went and had a full on panic attack in the bathroom. <laughs> it was so oh. crazy. 
So this is that is not the ending, but that is insane. I'm <laughs> so glad you found the ring. I really yeah. am. I mean, like they wouldn't have disappeared entirely, but they would have had to like take the HVAC system apart. It was awful. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That was by far the best answer I've gotten to that question. (laughs) Well, thanks. I wish that it hadn't happened to me, but it did. (laughs) Right. And you know, it's character building, like really, truly, you will like never look at event the same way. Like you will definitely won't. Yeah. You'll just, I'm all about like, I'll photograph those rings on your hand. How about that? Right. Exactly. I will do it on a completely flat surface with nothing like anywhere. Like I'm actually going to harness them in before I take pictures of them. (laughs) Why does this ring look like it has dental flaws on it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, it's crazy. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, and honestly, thank you just for coming on today's episode. It was a very, um, informational and you shared a lot of great stuff. So thank you. Oh, um, thanks. I know some, I I'm always like, Oh, systems so boring, but I do think that they're super important and, um, and hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, totally. I would love for you to share where everyone listening can find, follow you, um, just all your connection points. So yeah, sure. So again, my name is Anami Tonkin, but because that's hard to spell and remember and all those things, my business, my um, podcast is called This Can't Be That Hard. And it uh, and my website is the same. So this can't be that hard and find me on the gram and all that stuff, the same place. Um, if anybody's interested in learning more about that system, I do teach that for free. Um, there's a masterclass that you can sign up for at this can't be that hard.com slash simple. Cause it's the simple sales system. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Cool. Not me literally going to do that free workshop <laughs> right now. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on this episode. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It, it my means a pleasure. Lot. It's so great to chat with you and I'm excited to have you on my show as well. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher Never gonna stop, I'm getting good